Hello and welcome to Game of Moans, a podcast where we are looking back at Game of Thrones an episode at a time and flaying them like the Boltons flay a man. I am Chris Bolton with me as always, my partner in podcasting, our very own mountain, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And we have arrived. <laughs> episode <laughs> 10, season three, the season finale. Misa. Yeah. Now, I'll get into it when we get there. I'll get into it when we get there. Um, the, the title was the first thing that, that stuck out to me this week. Yeah. Now, what is it, right? Season finales, most years, are fucking unpredictable. This is the second the second year now where we've got, oh, well, that's a made-up language. So why the fuck do we say that? Um, yeah, I mean, I have some thoughts on it. We'll, we'll get on to it when, <laughs> when we get to it later on. Um, first and foremost, fucked the opening again, and they? After last week's, that was really good, uh, they fucked it. Why bother with the establishing shot? Why didn't we just open on the flag? I know, Why it's ridiculous. Why have to have Bruce Bolton walking up to the keep? Like, what? what well, what? yeah, because, um, I mean, you can, you can see that, no, you start with the flag, the flag's burning, that's fine. And you can see from that that they're torching all the tents of the soldiers and massacring the soldiers. You don't need to go and get this fucking huge... No, and let's be honest, it's a fucking green screen shot anyway, isn't it? You know, yeah. they, they didn't need that. It was completely pointless. Um, and it's not as if anybody watching is going to have forgotten what happened last week. Yeah, exactly. No, it's not exactly. as if you need a reminder that actually there's fucking chaos everywhere. No. Uh, it, yeah, just just poor. It's just fucking poor. It's like pointless. Much, much better opening on that flag and panning down to the battlefield. That would have been much, much, much better. Yeah. And, so. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, that's that that area he was walking, the battlements and stuff, that's never been seen before. No. Never used again. So they've had to build that fucking set for one pointless shot. Of of Roose Bolton looking out over a battlefield. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't see Roose again for the rest of the episode. So no, he's in one more scene. Oh, there you go then. Maybe one more scene. Re- but... Again, a really fucking talky, boring scene, which is you know, high fantasy bullshit about lords and where they're from. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is too. Um, so, yeah, that's just bad opening. Um, then... Arya watches them parade Rob's body with a wolf head on it, yeah. um, and does absolutely nothing Fettle. again. And this, and this is part of it. Like, this is part of my thing about deaths meaning nothing in this show. The fact that Arya doesn't do anything, okay, is dismissive of Rob's death and is destructive <laughs> to her character. She yeah. has already been shown to be angry and vengeful. And yeah. actually pretty fucking handy with a sword and a bit of a ninja. So it makes no sense whatsoever, even with the insurmountable odds, that she yeah. would just sit there and watch. Well, yeah, because, I mean, at, at this point as well, I mean, not only have we seen, we've seen those characters, she is still a child. Yeah. So children are impulsive and little bastards. So she would have, no, her, her, her thing would have been, right, okay, well, that's my brother there. I know it's my brother because they're calling him King of the North and that's his dog's head on the shoulders. So you know, clearly that's um, that's my brother. So I'm going to fuck shit up. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to have, no, if nothing else, I have an epic tantrum and start fucking stabbing people. That's the thing. If nothing else, we needed to see her visibly, physically filled with rage. Well, this is it. We didn't get it with Ned because um, Yoran turned her face it. away. She didn't see it. And she, Okay, she didn't see Rob die, but she is see, clearly seeing the aftermath of this because there's nobody shielding her from it. And this should infuriate. This is her brother. They are mocking her entire family. She's carrying the baggage of Ned as well. Yeah. If nothing else, we should have got grief. Well, yeah. If nothing I mean... else, angry, sobbing, but we get nothing from her. Yeah, she just fucking stares. Because, I mean, 
there was the, there was the start of it last week where it looked like she was going to try and do something, and then the hound punched her in the back of the head and knocked her out, which you know, again was fucking. You know, again, it worked quite well, but it's the first time we've seen her do anything res- you know, resembling fucking action in this season, and it's cut short. So then she comes to it, you know, in this, you know, very quickly in this scene, and yeah, she just fucking sits there, and yeah, you can argue she might be concussed and she might be confused, but she's not confused. She's just watching it and going, oh right, and. That we talked last week about um, about Cat and her death, and the fact that you no, know, she kind of gives up and her hope is gone. We don't even see Arya get to this stage. It's just like she's already beaten and broken without ever having actually gone through a journey. I, I, and see, that's the thing. Is part of the reason I love that so much with Cat is because you got that anguish, you got the anguished scream, and it sold that death. And you needed at least that from Arya, if nothing else. If she's just going to be catatonic over it and just watching dumbstruck then we need to see her get to that. We need to see the shock on her face first. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's something we've talked about week in, week out on the show, is about things not being earned. Yeah. And, and yeah, this is just straight away, right, no, right at the start of the episode, where you go, oh, right, okay, then. Well, they've decided to do that then. Yeah, and, and it just pisses on all of the work they did last week, which already had some problems. Yeah. Um, and, and this just... Yeah, pisses on it even further. Um, moving on, though, we get a nice scene with Sansa and Tyrion. Sansa is given some agency for about yep. the first time this season. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Tyrion feels the need to play it off mockingly. Yes. Um, it's Tyrion, so he delivers it very well, and he does manage to, to deliver it tongue-in-cheek and mockingly, but it's still taking away from Sansa's agency. Yeah, uh, they really need to let her grow, but she shows a bit of fire here for the first time all season. Yeah, um, which is it's, which it's not is just good. this season. I mean, I think it's probably for about well, for the best part of two seasons actually. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah, yes, yeah, so, yes. Yeah, so the start of season two, she she it was like she had a bit, and then she kind of died off a bit, didn't she? Yeah, um, and then into this season, we've had nothing. So yeah, it's been a long time since we've had any sort of spark from her. Yeah, um, and it, in all fairness to Sophie Turner as well, the delivery is very good. And when so when they're walking and she. No, he, he's no, they're talking about his list and stuff like that, and then so she engages with it. So, well, what are you going to do to them again? There's just this little twinkle she gets where she's like, Okay, well, this is something I can you know. He's a you no, know, he's a bit childish too. I'm 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 young, and he you know, he's he's acting you know, in a way I'd expect my, you know, my sister to him, but you know, I can get on board with that. And she she starts to for again for the first time this season, she actually starts to engage with somebody in a way that's positive, yeah. And, and yeah, it's just it's. It's too little, too late, and it's as you say, it's not, it's stolen away from her because they feel they need to have her not get the last word. Yeah, and it happens all the time there, and it's a shame because I, you know, as you say, Sophie Turner does does very well actually with what she's given. Yeah, um, she's she's clearly already becoming a very good actress at this yes. point. Um, but they just constantly knock her down. It's it's a shame, but what is there is is as good as she's been all season, and I enjoy it. Um, the next scene, however, is just amazing. So much good stuff uh, in the next scene. Just starting right with the opening with with Joffrey bounding around everywhere, and yes, he's like a Tyrion's, puppy, isn't he? Yeah, Tyrion's entry of oh, killed a few puppies, have you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's perfect, and I mean the the scene the scene is played out fantastically by everybody. Um, and uh, you get the whole thing where you know, Joffrey is gloating and you know, I'll do as I please because I'm the king. And again, Tyrion stands up to him and he he looks, you no, know, Joffrey looks to Tywin for affirmation. And it's just the immediate the put down. Anyone who feels the need to say, I am the king, isn't a real king. Yeah, And you can see it's just a shat serial. 
they all dress him down. I mean, this is old ground, you know, this has been done a few times this season, but yeah. But this has never been done this way. But well. this is the most blatant, and it's, and it's it, I say it's, it's not just it's not just Ty, um, Tywin tearing him off. Oh, it's strip. a pylon. This, this is everybody. This is look, you petulant little twat. I, culminating in Tywin basically grounding him. He, oh, uh, I mean, as Tyrion said, you send him to bed without his supper. Yeah, it's quite funny because I mean we're at week two and a half of fucking lockdown yeah. with the schools and shit. So I've been at home with a six-year-old and a five-year-old for the last two weeks. And I'm at, I'm at that point where they are fucking knackered. They've hit a wall because it's been all fun and games because, oh, we're not in school, but we still got schoolwork to do. We still see our friends on Skype and shit, but we aren't going to go to school. And they've been bouncing off the fucking walls, getting up at stupid o'clock in the morning. And now they've hit the point where they're both absolutely fucked. Yeah. And yes, conversation with, um, with Tori, whereas they need to go to bed because they're tired. I'm not tired. And I, I was pissing myself watching this scene because I, I literally had it an hour before with the kids. And it, it is such a well-observed scene, actually, you know, yes. whether you have kids or not. I think we can all actually remember that from being kids ourselves, you know, when when your mum or your dad says, oh, you're tired. You're like, no, yeah. I'm not fucking tired. And and you literally get it off Tywin. Yes. You literally get, the king is tired. Take him to bed. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's excellent, excellent stuff. And then even once he's gone and the scene continues and we get, Tywin and, and Tyrion talking. Yes. It's great stuff between the two of them as well. Um, it's just some of the standout lines, you know, you're a fool if you believe he's the most powerful man in Westeros. The delivery yes. from Tywin there is is absolutely nailed on. Yeah. Um, and, and to be fair as well, we get some nice character stuff as well. Um, Tywin talking about um, well, with Tyrion, Tyrion Charms and when have you done anything for the good of the family that was didn't benefit you? And he said, when I let you live. And again, yeah. this, I mean, that's that's stuff. We've, we've had hints of it mainly from Cersei about the fact that you know, Tyrion is responsible for the mother's death. And we, we know that she died in childbirth, so it's not exactly his fault, is it? But you know, that's the way it's always been spun, and that's fine, that's great. But to actually hear Tywin come out and say, look, yes, this is why I fucking hate you, because you deserve yeah. it. And you know, I I know it's not your fault. And, you know, he's, he's all but admitting that it's not your fault, but I still wanted to bash your fucking brains in because you killed my wife. Yeah, it's a, it's a great scene, actually. And there is, in amongst all that as well, there's still this kind of, begrudging respect both ways between them and it's and i've written in my notes actually it's a very interesting arc between them at this point that they're starting to take us on and it's such a shame that they they don't ever really explore this any further because of the heel turn that's coming for tywin Hmm. and and Tyrion they use as an instrument really to implement that They, they put this tension between them which Actually, you know, when when they play it off as directly as they do in later seasons, it's much weaker. Yeah. When when they're treating each other as equals as they are here, or almost equals anyway. And yeah, when there's they're, this they're respect, treating themselves like no, Tywin's treating him like an adult, and yes. they're having a no, an adult conversation. It's so no. much better. Their arc is very interesting then, and you can see Tyrion working for his approval. Yeah. Um, and it's it's great. I I would really have liked to have seen their arc go in this way yeah. rather than the way it went. And yeah, and I've said that about Tywin before. You know, I feel like his character completely changes after this season. Basically, yes. is when it starts. Yeah, it does. And um, I mean, you know, like uh, we've talked plenty of times about how the politics in the show gets quite boring, and when you've got these sort of council meetings, this is probably the one exception where they've been really interesting right up until the very last scene of the very last episode. Um, but yeah, it would have been this sort of stuff. No, this sort of stuff would have saved a lot of the criticism that certainly that we've had of this show. 
because it makes it a lot more fucking interesting when you've got characters who are engaging properly and it's not just like you know talking about war talking about politics talking about money and you just want to fucking shoot yourself yeah no, that I, 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 give me eight seasons of this and i'd be fucking happy yeah um hold that thought uh yeah more on that when we come to wrap the episode up but yes yeah. i i totally agree um and then just when you think this scene can't get any better we get the reveal of sansa as yes. well no words needed sophie turner's performance is just spot on here and, and as as always is peter dinklage but just the ex, you know just the look between them yeah no words need to be exchanged she's heard everything that's gone on she now fully understands what is going on yes and it breaks her she knew it anyway but yeah it's confirmation and it breaks her and it's Great. What a what a fantastic scene that was, yeah. start and, to finish. Yeah, and, and the thing is as well, I mean, you know full well, given what we've seen in this season, you know full well that some fucker has gone down there expressly to tell her and yes. to crow over the fact that her mother and her brother are dead. Yes. And um, any lifeline she had, any hope that she has is now fucking gone. gone. Yeah. And you know somebody will have delighted in that to a point where I'm surprised we didn't see it. Um but we didn't I'm, need. I'm we didn't need to. I'm, didn't. I am. Didn't I am too. To we didn't need to see it. And I'm glad we didn't because I said the, the what you get from Peter Dinklage and Sophie Turner is absolutely phenomenal. But the way this show generally goes, it's you know, it's not showed. It's not showed on tell. It's so much as chuck everything at the screen and something will stick. Yeah, yeah. And we we didn't need to see that expression. We no, already we have all the information we need. We just need to see how it affects who. Hmm. Um, and yeah excellent excellent what a fantastic scene start to finish that little chunk with Tyrion yes and Sansa excellent um, all the way through from from the initial scene with them through to the small council meeting through to this great great stuff um, and then quite a heavy scene instantly played off then we we relieve the tension with Hodor yelling into a well I mean yes. how how can you not love Hodor <laughs> no it was brilliant I, I did laugh at that that was really good and I've got to be honest I mean this whole scene um how we missed the scene with Roos and uh Walder Frey or is that later on I believe it's a bit later on okay. I, I yes, it, it early, is but... it is later on because there's there's this scene yeah sorry it does it, I know um, so, and, so we get Hodor yelling into the well, and yeah, then which we is get... beautiful. And his his response to it as well when it comes back at him, it's, yes, it's, it's genius. Like four. I've yeah, never I, heard I, I love before. It's beautiful. How can you not love Hodor, yeah. honestly? And then, and then we move on to, well, basically presented for the approval of the Midnight Society. It's yes. the tale of the Rat Cook. Yeah, um, and I mean that that's the I mean that was it was a bit heavy handed, but again, I really like the fact. And I think I'll, it's I'll, an excellent scene. It, it's it's heavy-handed it's, it's heavy-handed but i love the fact that we are it, it calls back to old nan and him like in the horror stories in season one yeah and, and but it also only, plays forward which i'm not gonna, does, i'm not going to mention because that'll come up in season at the end of season yeah. six but it plays forward beautifully and it's just subtle enough that you can forget about it now and then when it comes up you go hang on they've done that before haven't they and then when you start thinking about it, you, you come back to the scene and you remember it and i think it's really well done and i think that the the in all fairness, the, uh, the scene itself works pretty well. I say it it's, it's heavy-handed in places. So the performances aren't great. Well, it, it's it's only heavy-handed in as much as um, this show up until this point has not really done subtext. Uh, and I've actually written in my notes here, presented for the approval of the Midnight Society, the tale <laughs> of the Rat Cook. Good scene. See how fucking easy subtext is, um, <laughs> because they don't really do it. So it feels heavy-handed because. They're clearly not practiced in it, and it's done so much better in other shows. But they do it well enough 
the scene plays without the subtext, but the subtext is pretty much text. Yeah. Um, it's very easy to read in the story. However, the mere fact that they've made an attempt at it and pulled <laughs> it off in what is a pretty good scene, you know, they've said what they needed to say without directly saying it. it is, this yes. isn't just an exposition dump. Um, great. Why can't we do this all the fucking time? And then you'll get better at it. Practice, you know, <laughs> like seriously. Um, but yeah, great, great scene. And I appreciate the subtext. Um, then we get the scene with Roose Bolton. And, and I've just written yeah. here, this is, this is where, like, we talked about how much we were liking him up until last week, obviously. And now we've yeah. had the heel turn. And, and because of that, he is just such a great villain, isn't yes. he? Like, he, he just, he teeters right on the edge of Panto Camp. Yeah. Like, he just teeters on the edge of twirling a moustache. But he always just reins it in at the right moment. Like yeah. he's his his smug sheet, shit-eating grins that he just pulls out every now and again are incredible. Yeah. Like just really curling the edges of his lipper. Um, and yeah, he and and more than anything, you know, the mark of any truly great villain. Like he absolutely truly believes that what he's doing is right, and oh, that he's totally everything justified. that he's got. You know, he he says um, he says to Walter Freyer. When, when they're talking about Stark, he ignored my advice on several occasions. Yeah. You know, so he's basically saying, well, I tried to tell him he didn't listen, so fuck him. Well, yeah, it's his own fault. Yeah. Um, he's great. He's a great yeah. villain. Uh, and I'm as, not as just saying that. As opposed because... to the fucking panto villain across from him in this scene. Yes, exactly. And, and I'm not just saying it because he's a namesake. I think he's uh, all that. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's, he's great. Um, and then finally... Fucking finally, after a whole season, Ramsey is properly revealed. Yes. And again. Uh, now, lovely. having said all of that, he's revealed kind of. It's not explicitly it's said. Not, it's not explicit, but there's there's enough. But given what we've been told, that the fact that he went to offer a Ironborn, then he slaughtered the Ironborn. Um, so no, at this point, we kind of we know what he's been up to, and then we can make the connection. Yes, so he's, he's never, he's, ne he's never, as he's, he's never named, and we know we, ne we still don't. No, know. I don't want him to be terms. named. This is yeah. much, much stronger. Like again, they're treating the audience with respect now. They understand that we have all the information. We know. Yeah. We're in front of them. That's drama. We know, and so <laughs> they just let us put it together. And <laughs> so first time out, it gives you that smug satisfaction, if you like that. Ah, of course. Or oh, yeah. I knew it, and and it gives you that, and it, mm. it feels less clunky. Yes, because of it. Yeah, and as I think, as 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 you said, I mean, it's done so well in so many other shows. You kind of expect it. So when it's not done, you think, oh fuck's sake. But yeah, yeah. No, I mean, this isn't playing anything out of the ordinary, but it's just out of the ordinary for this show. Yeah, it's it's actually tight and good. Mm. Um, so yeah, he's finally revealed, and we get the legendary sausage scene. I mean, yes. I, th I think even if you don't watch Game of Thrones, you oh, know, this fucking yeah, and it's fucking hilarious as well. I mean, I remember this one from the first time, it, and his delivery as well, where he, oh, he yeah. so looking down it and looking at Theon, looking down, you go pork sausage, and it's like, no, it, it's just, it's just funny because obviously the shape, the way it's shaped as well, it looks, you know, it looks like it has a, you know, a circumcised end on all the rest of it, so it, you no, know, it looks like a cock that's been cooked. Yeah. And he's talking, you know, he's talking before that about how, how big his cock was and stuff like that. So it's no, it's a natural assumption. And again, it's just a, it's a nice little gag. And we've talked so many times about how these guys are very good at um, com uh, comedy and comedy timing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just works really well here. Um, it does. But who the fuck eats a lone sausage for dinner? Well, we don't know where else is eaten. We don't know where else is on the plate. 
Well, no, but that's the thing, though, isn't it? Like, I, I get the impression that it is just because the, the plate is the right size, that it yeah. is just but it, but it's, a it's sausage fuck with Theon, on a plate. It? It's just a fuck with Theon, isn't it? I know it is, but, like, have some chips or something, mate, you know, or, <laughs> you know, a few potatoes, a bit of mash or something. Like, I can understand, like, if there's sausages knocking about, you might just pick a sausage up and eat it. Yeah. But if you're preparing yourself dinner, you're not going to cook a sausage, are you, on its own? No, like, this is true. You know... That, that, that just strikes me as weird. I know that's, that that's should be the least greedy. of my problems with this show, but that does strike me as weird. Yeah, it's because we're greedy and wouldn't just have our sausage. Who the fuck would have a sausage? I'm sorry, like you would, unless a fucking sociopath was, you know, like Ramsey Bolton. Unless you were in a fucking I don't know gig or something, and you had a hot dog, then it's a sausage in a roll. Fine, then you would have a sausage, or if you have a sausage roll, but then it's not really a sausage, it's just sausage meat at that sausage point. Meat, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. That's something different. Okay, so unless you're putting your sausage in a bun and making a hot dog, I don't think anybody has just a sausage. No, absolutely not. I, that's weird. That's a weird thing to do. Uh, but yeah, of course, he's doing it just to fuck with Theon. Yeah. But And it's fucking hilarious. It is fucking hilarious, but... I mean, come on, maybe it's just me, but if you'd have had two potatoes as well... Oh, yeah, definitely. Like... You know, it's a missed opportunity there, isn't it? Um, yeah. And and again, you know, we get the bits about you know having phantom limbs and stuff like that. And I think that's been mentioned before. We've been mentioned before. It will be mentioned with Jamie as well. Yes. Um, so I mean, again, we get some nice some nice work there, which ties in elsewhere. Which fucking hell, contacts. Ah. Uh, yeah, I know. It's <laughs> like, amazing, what the fuck? Isn't it? All of a sudden, all of these threads are coming together. It's like all um, of a sudden they finish film school. I'm like, oh shit, yeah. that's how that works. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, the only thing with this scene, and it is the start now of what is my least, oh, without yeah. shadow of a doubt, yes, my least favourite part of the whole show. I hate the whole Reek thing. Yeah. And I hate it because, and don't get me wrong, we've all, we, you know, we've said numerous times how much we hate Theon, how much of a cunt he is. But he just, his transition from Theon to Reek is just instant here. It's like flipping a switch. He well, gives in to being Reek so easily. Well, that's it. He gets that punched in the face twice, gonna, and that's it. Yeah, we, like he garners no sympathy whatsoever because he's just like, "I'm Theon. I'm Theon. Oh, all right, I'm Reek. Then whatever. Yeah. Theon wasn't that important anyway, was he? And that's how well, it feels. Yeah, that's it. I mean, as it for as much as a bastard as he's been, and as much as we fucking hate him, um, yeah, it's just like, okay, well, okay, he stabbed him in the finger, and then he left him alone for a bit to heal. Then he cut his cock off, and that's enough to break him. No, no, no. we haven't. And, Again, there may be, you know, this may have been dragged out. There may be stuff we haven't seen, but because we haven't seen it, we haven't earned it again. Um, yeah. So yeah, Theon just gives up. And no, you would expect, you no, know, having you know, we had the start of the scene where he's he's begging, you know, he's pleading to be killed. He got over that fucking quick, didn't he? Yeah. He got to that pretty quick, and then he, oh, I'm not killing you. All right. Then. It's just inconsistent again, isn't it? And it's inconsistent yeah. with Theon's character to this point as well, like cockwomble that he is he's been a stubborn little prick as well well this is it and no the test even even though he had his dick cut off the testosterone wouldn't have faded that quickly no so i i really don't buy this this is the point where i absolutely switch off to theon and he will never recover from it and to be fair he started at a pretty low ebb for me anyway well, yeah that's it i mean i when we get later on and obviously you know we have the, the conclusion of his arc who, oh, yeah, well, he did this and he did that. No, he's a fucking prick. He's always been a prick. And they don't, they, they took him, they didn't have to take him far in the first place, but then it was, he was pretty much beyond redemption anyway before you got to this point. Yeah. So there's just fucking, no, there's no saving him. If he gets back to where he started, that's probably the best he's going to hope for. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, so yeah, there's there's fucking Theon and Reek, and we'll talk about that in depth every time it comes up because it winds me the fuck up. Well, yeah, so, I think we I think we get two seasons of it, don't we? Yeah, uh, and it winds me up every time. So get ready for that. Um, <laughs> good drama again in the next scene with Sam piecing everything together. Yes, again. Uh, Again, Great. lovely, uh, lovely scene as well. Where really well handled. Asleep, we get the noise, yeah. we get that sort of horror element, and again, we've had the ghost story and shit like that. So that's all. It all works really well. And then of it course, feels, when he comes, again, when he comes through that, uh, comes up the well, and you just get the, 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 the fur and the hair and shit. Yeah. And again, he could be the fucking full size rat because now that was that yes. was what he was talking about earlier. And again, it's beautifully done. And it's um, it's so, we're at a point now where because we're not expecting stuff to be done particularly well, stuff they do. Okay, you can go on stuff that's passable. You go, oh, that's really good because yeah, your well, expectations it, are that low. Say, same thing with the scene I've actually written here. You know, I, I love the drama of him putting everything together himself. It invites us in as an audience. Yeah. Um, but it it's not particularly well done. It feels like a real stretch with everybody keep going, oh, shh, shh, shh you know, and, and shutting him up and stopping him putting it together. Yeah. Um, whenever names are about to be mentioned, so it feels like they stretched for it, but. Because it's so rare for this show to do it, I'm like, yeah, do you know what? We'll have that. I'm yeah. not gonna, I'm not gonna knock them for it. That's um, absolutely it, and that's a, that's a disappointing place to be. But I think that that's kind of how we've gone throughout this. But well, it depends this how you look at it. I mean, it's it's disappointing in as much as yes, we see it done better elsewhere. But I actually find it quite encouraging in that. So now they're actually, picking it up. Now they're picking it up. So basic that it may be. Yeah. They they're starting to to make progress as as writers and as storytellers and you know as, as directors and and everything else. Yeah. Um, the, the scene itself is is pretty good as well. You know, I I, I like the comedy of I'll do anything for you, yeah. and they instantly hit him with take us north, and his face just drops. Yeah, but like, I won't do that. Yeah, I will do anything for you, but I won't do that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a good scene. Uh, it's yeah, well like played. That. And and I like the fact that we're bringing characters together. That's always good. Um, well, yeah, and it's something that we you know happens every now and again. You get so many divergent strands of this story. Anyway, when they do start to overlap in places, even if it's just for a scene or a couple of scenes, it's just it reminds you sometimes that there is or there should be a through narrative and there should be a plan, and all these little strands will eventually start in, interweaving, or will just disappear altogether, which is more likely in the show. Um, so it is encouraging, and it's really nice to see. And you do get this point. And no, any time that Sam and Gilly are on screen, I quite like it anyway. So yeah, it was it was a nice scene, and it's, it brings them back in a way that we see that they're getting close to the wall as well. They're getting close to Castle Black, um, which is where they're they're heading for. So it's it's all you know, their bit or their arc for this part of the story is is now wrapping up as well. Um, and I think this is probably the first first finale we've had. So the first in three, where this doesn't feel like the greatest hits episode. This feels like we're carrying on and we're it setting does. up for next season. And it's the first time I've not got sort of halfway through an episode and gone, oh, for fuck's sake. There's, there's actually only one or two places where that happens here. And, yes. and again, I'll speak about that a lot in the end. And actually, what the next scene is one of them. Um, but because of the scene and where it goes, I don't have too much of a problem. We, we move over to the Iron Islands next. Yes. Uh, and we get the, the Willy in the box, the yeah. Willy in the wooden box. Wasn't it's a Willy in, in a box. In, no, man in a box. We used to drink, wasn't that? Yes. Uh, almost, no, I, almost sorry. The same thing. Uh, yeah, I, I was just getting lost down a rabbit hole of of eighties pop songs. Um, <laughs> so now, now I've got a few things to say about the scene. First and foremost, it does feel 
like it belongs in the next episode, as in the start of a season, because Yara yes. is off on a quest. She's receiving yes. a quest. Okay, right. so it, it feels like it belongs somewhere else. But I like this scene so much, and it does fit in this episode and should be here. So narratively, it should probably belong in the next episode. Yeah. But the reasons it's here, we get good dynamic contrast here between the earlier scene with Tywin and Tyrion. Yeah. where they're on the same page and they're begrudgingly respecting each other. Yara is fucking pissed and wants to avenge her family. It's a fucking theme. Good God, a theme again for again, about the third time this season. We're I... talking about family and avenging it. Yeah, so it's the third time in this season, but also the third time in the fucking show. Yeah, so you know, Yara's pissed. She's super concerned about family. Um, and and her dad just doesn't care. Balon doesn't care. Yeah. Um, so we've got we've got the mirror opposite. Yeah. Tyrion and Tyrion here. They're directly contrasting each other. It's very good, very good storytelling. Like this is how it works. Um. So that's why it's here, and I'll give it a pass for that because it works so well with the scene earlier, and then it leads into Yara's tooling up scene which is just the most excited I've been all fucking season. It's it's yeah. very short, but I love a good tooling up scene. I like Yara a great deal as a character, and I like her speech carrying over it. It's really well executed. Um, they, they could have made more of it, if yeah. I'm honest. I'd have taken another couple of shots. Um, but what is there is great, and it really got me pumped for yeah. her storyline next season and where she's going. Yeah. Um, so very, very good stuff. It just feels like it's a, a season opener, not a not a closer a finale. But yeah, you know, it's fine because of because of the the stuff beforehand. I understand why it's here, and it and it doesn't annoy me that much. Yeah. Um, we go back to Bran and Sam briefly, and we have a beautiful. I just I don't have much to say about the scene, but I do want to mention just the beautiful deep focus shot of, yeah. of the wolf in front of the moon as as Bran is walking away. It kind of looks like it's another mat to me, yeah. but much it's much better. better. Yeah. Um, so as I said, I appreciate a good mat, and this one looks a lot better. And it's just this beautiful deep focus shot. It's very yeah. very good. Um, very stylish um, in contrast to a shot that I'm going to call out in in a little bit uh, but that's very good Yeah, um, we get another great there are some really really good character scenes in this episode and we get a great one next between the Onion Knight and, and Gendry and, and some of the dialogue is great uh, Gendry to start with you know big words no clothes what, what's not to love you yeah. know um, it's great. What would you have done? I think is the actual lines, yes. isn't it? Big words, no clothes. What would you have done? You know, I'm I'm a boy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's good. It helps us understand Gendry, and it reminds us that actually, yes, you know, he is technically still a young man. Yeah. You know, um, and then you know, just just the exchanges between them. It's, it's a long story. How did you get here? It's a long story. Oh, better not. Then I've got yeah. places to be. Whatever. Yeah, I'm a bit busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah really I, funny stuff it is and I, I said, I've, I've got to be honest I said this there were a lot of scenes like this whereby I was, I was just watching going oh yeah I quite like that that it works quite well and again the, the, the chemistry between them is very good the dialogue is Excellent. nice and light it's nice and breezy it doesn't you get so bogged down in the show with A the exposition but B just the overall wordiness which is very well, very much a high fantasy trope anyway and so it's nice having two people who you know, by their own admission are Low-born and not educated, and just you know, they speak like regular people because they're regular people. 
Yes. And it's just nice to have people being nat- or appearing to be natural around each other. Nobody's playing any games. Nobody's you no know, nobody's trying to one up anybody. It's just like I'm in fucking jail. I'll talk yeah. to the fucking wall because I've got nobody else to talk to. If no, I, I don't trust you because you know what, why would you be down here talking to me? And that was kind of has to prove himself. But at the same time, he's just like, well, fucking believe me, I'm not. I don't really give a fuck. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to be a friend. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's a really nice scene. It is, and and I appreciate it for all of that. And I also appreciate it for the fact that once again, you you've touched on it. There, the majority of their discussion in amongst all the all of the comedy and 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 the light dialogue that they have. The majority of their discussion ties back to our theme again as they discuss the difference between being a highborn and a lowborn and what that means to your family. Yeah. Which again has direct contrasts to the two scenes we've already had with family where they are highborn. Yeah. And so this is the flip side of the coin. This is what it means to them. Um, so again, it plays into our narrative. Very, very clever stuff. The structure of this episode is, I think, the best the show has ever been. It's better than um, the best we've had thus far. I, yeah, I, I think it's... Yeah, I, as we move through the seasons, maybe another one will come along and I'll go, yeah. actually, that's better. Certainly one doesn't stick out in my mind, but that's because unless it's ex- really exceptional, this isn't the kind of thing that does stick out in your mind. No, there, there are generally too many negatives for a positive and to stick I, out. Yeah, and, and it's the stuff that in, in good storytelling should just be natural. Um, and so you don't notice it. It's almost, yeah. it's a magician's trick, essentially. It's at its best when you don't notice it. Well, yeah, uh, now we that. are noticing it here because it's yeah. so rare. Yeah, um, and anyway, it, it's, it's so noticeable because it's so far from the norm. And I think that's the thing is that it's the ad, you know, that old adage that when you do things properly, when things work, nobody notices. They only notice when things go wrong. Yeah. And this is, this is kind of the reverse because we're so used to things not being right that when things are right, you go, fucking hell. Yeah. No, they and really then, do stand out. And then to further it, the very next scene, we flip it again and we get Varys and uh, and Shay again mm. talking about what it means to be part of a highborn family. So yeah. we've just had the discussion about a lowborn family and now we've had discussion about how Shay is never going to fit in a highborn family and she needs to do the right thing by Tyrion and not bring shame on the Lannisters. Um, it's great. Again, definite, definite theme. Um, and I, I fucking love Shay. I, I've said it every time she shows up. So she's great. They play the scene off great. Yeah. Um, I, again, it's it's a very well handled scene, and there are lots of no. I mean, this episode seems to be a, a collection of two handers. Yeah. But until we get to the very last scene, they're all done very well. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, line of the episode for me then comes out of Tyrion. Very sh- in in the next scene. Uh, it's not easy being drunk all the time. Everyone would do it if it were easy. Yeah. Absolute truth bomb. Like, I take yep. my hat off to you, sir. You are absolutely <laughs> correct. <laughs> if I could be drunk all the time, I absolutely would. Absolutely. Yeah, total truth bomb. Um, but, you know, you get the scene with, with him and Cersei, and, of course, it's excellent. They're mm. never anything less. Yeah. But, um, again, there's, some again, some very... You know, Cersei's being honest for once. You know, it very rarely happens, and when you do get it, you get some absolutely beautiful scenes. Um, and just the dynamic between them as well. You know, her saying, "I won't be marrying Sir Lawrence," and then Tyrion saying, "Ah, well, I seem to recall I wasn't going to marry Sansa or something like that." And just her yeah. stone cold delivery of "Yes, but you're not me." Yeah, you know, just great stuff between them. 
Yeah, um, and and again, you know, her thing of because we had the the end of the exchange with Tywin where he says, "No, you need to get Sansa pregnant because no, no political reasons," and we get no. He immediately when Cersei says, "No, you need to give her no, give her a baby," he, he immediately is is mistrustful. Also, oh, you can tell father it was it's down to you that it happened. No, because it'll give her life sort of purpose and validation. All the shit we've put her through, she will have something to show for it, and it's a, a very rare moment of compassion from Cersei. Um, it is, and and it, she goes to expand on it as well. Then when she yeah. she ends the talking scene about talking about and... her children, yeah. yeah, and moreover, you know, it's good character work for her. Yeah, um, obviously, Lena Headey is brilliant, mm. but it also again relates to our theme as she talks about Fuck what me. family means to her, and family to her isn't actually Tyrion and Jamie and Tywin no, and everyone else. It's her children. That's the important thing for her. They are her family, her children and Jamie. And that's who she cares about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just ties into our theme again. And everything just has so much more weight because it's related. The drama plays off so much better because we're invited in to understand every character and we meet them on their terms. Yeah. Uh, they have a shared common theme. So you can see the nuance between them. You can see what makes Cersei Cersei as opposed to what might make Cersei Sansa, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, excellent, excellent scene. Um, yeah, really, really good. Um, then we finally get our Arya payoff. Yes. Um, now, it's very good. It's very, very good. Um, her playing all lost and vulnerable yes. is, is fantastic. Um, but again, she's stealthy as fuck. She she's right up behind her before this plot. This this is the thing. It's fantastic, but it's what we needed earlier. These yes. are just grunts. They mean nothing. So the scene is hollow. At this point, she's just a fucking murderer. Yeah, well that's it. These guys they, have they're done not in battle anymore. Wrong. Well, apparently they have. No, apparently one of them sold the the wolf's head on and stuff like that. But it's no. Yeah, it's 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 not in battle. It's not in conflict. It's not as part of something. It's just. There are these guys talking. I don't like what they're saying, so I'm going to slit somebody's fucking throat. And, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, one of them's saying he might have sewn the wolf's head on or something. Well, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. We didn't see it. And even if he did, we don't know that he was there when Rob was killed. We don't know that he had an implicit part in it. So, But, he, but even if he did, you know, then it's not a point where it's, it's rational. It's, oh, it's not at the point where it's rational or legal now. It's not in conflict. No. So now you have just... You know, they haven't handed them down. They've they've stumbled across four guys eating and getting pissed up in, in the woods, and she's decided she's going to stab somebody in the fucking neck. Yeah, and it's and it's played off as if this is her vengeance or the start of her vengeance. Now, it just feels hollow. This isn't her taking vengeance for Rob, and it no. doesn't close that chapter out. If she had done this immediately and it had therefore set her on a quest, like yes. she had done this and then made a bold statement that now she was going to fucking end the Lannisters or something like that. Then yeah. it would mean something, and or then he, every kill afterward would mean something. Yeah, even, even if you get no, even if we'd had some mention from her, not from Tyrion, of the fucking list in this episode. Yes, exactly. Something to remind but us that actually that's there. So this this just feels hollow. Um, however, I do love the end of the scene where the, where yes. the hound comes in, obviously, and says, says, "Where the hell did you get the knife?" And she from just responds, "From you." Yeah. <laughs> and again, here's, here's the next line: If you, next time you plan to do something, that, can you tell me first? Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's that thing. And again, as a parent, I'm familiar with saying that because I don't know what the fuck little bastards are going to do half the time. And usually I'm clean, I'm, I'm there cleaning up their mess. So if you're going to do something like that, can you let me know first? Can you tell me? So I, I've got a, no, I've got a bit of a head start. Yeah. And I completely uh, empathize with him. 
And yeah. you know, again, having a smart ass kid saying, well, yeah, I got the knife from you. It's your fucking fault. It's your knife. Love the two of them together. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's awesome. Her to say this, your knife. She delivers it perfectly. She's yeah. just a, she's a little fucking ninja badass. It's, yeah. it's great. Um, and then again, we get the call in the call back to last week where she picks up the coin and she says, Bala Magulis or whatever the fucking line yes. is. And again, yeah. it's just no, it's a nice little payoff. It works. Yeah. Who'd have great. fucking known? Just, just a shame that the actual deaths are hollow. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's get into this next bit then. Um, I, I think it's pretty obvious what I'm going to say about this next scene. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love these two, and this is just how their story needs to end. Of course, it doesn't quite end here, but it feels like it does. For, this this for this deserves season. to be it. They, they wrap. I, I don't know if it deserves to be the absolute end of this story, and it's not. But, but it, does, this it deserves to be for now. The, yeah, this finishes the story that we've told with them over the course of the season. And it feels complete. For the first time in this show, it feels like we've told a complete narrative. Yes. Fucking hell, they can do this. Well, um, yeah, and and of course it's going to move on, and of course she's going to come back. Yeah, but everybody comes back. Yeah, but she will come back as a different character. She yeah. will have been through a process. She will have grown, as will of John, and they will have baggage when they meet next. Yeah. Uh, because... They've been through something together. Yeah, and that, this is the it. end of that journey. And it's great. You know, when we talked about where they got to at the top of the mountain, and yes, it came slightly the wrong place, but, you know, that was the peak of their relationship. And now, unfortunately, we have to see it inevitably fall apart, which we all knew it was going to. That's yeah, what we that's loved it. about it in the first place. It was a tragedy. Yeah, um, that's it. And, and they, the, yeah, it's it's really well done, and so the, the performances are great. And as I do something, the only only criticism I have of this scene, um, and it's something I haven't picked up with Kit Harrington for a while, but we got a, a few times in the first season. I don't know what the fuck he was trying to do with his voice, but his accent was all over the place. He went from being northern to Scottish to Irish, some form of fucking French Canadian, I think, at one point. It I was all I over was the just place. So in the scene, I didn't even notice. Um, I mean, I mean there, was, there was one point, and I think it's because I think it's because we watched um, Leprechaun for um, uh, for something the other day. But there was one point where he's like, "I need to go home." And I, in my head, it's like, "To me, pot of gold," and yeah. that was just playing in my head as I like, fucking out. It's 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 so unfortunate because uh, and. Given his natural voice, him doing an Northern accent must be an absolute bitch, and he does it really well, ninety-five percent of the time. Yeah, and just every now and again, it slips into something else, and it's because it's so, because he's normally so consistent, it's it's very noticeable, mm-hmm. and it's really unfortunate. And that was the only thing that really it it didn't drive me out of the scene, but it did distract me for a little bit because I, I had think, the leprechaun bouncing around my fucking head. I think I was just so in the scene that I didn't notice, but I mean, it just. The, the scene is great anyway, and it ends great yeah. with a volley and arrows at him. Yes. But just the exchange of... And, and it's so... Like, it was played for weeks and weeks and weeks ago, and it's been yeah. played for right throughout the show, and it's just absolute genius writing. It must have come from the books. Hmm. But just the exchange of, you know nothing, Jon Snow, and Me then, ask. I know I love you, Egret. Oh, my God. I, I'm, I'm welling up even saying it now. Like, my heart <laughs> broke for them. Absolutely broke in two. Um, wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. Yeah. So well delivered. So well played. And so well played for over the yeah. course of the show, with that being her catchphrase, just for him to smash it back at yeah. that moment. My heart fucking shattered. Like, absolute, just amazing stuff amazing stuff um as i've said every time they've been on screen together 
the highlight of the entire show for me is this storyline and this just highlights why yes it's melodramatic yes it's corny it's allowed to be it's allowed to be melodramatic I'm okay with all of that. There is nothing wrong with corny and melodramatic when it's done well. Yeah. And, you know, there are very few things that this show does exceptionally well, but this is one of them. Yeah. Um, what a fantastic ending to what has been a brilliant arc over the last season and a bit. Yeah. Um, and as I say, it's not quite over yet. There'll be more, but for now. Yeah. It, for it, now. Fe- it feels like it's reached a... Uh, uh, you know it's not going to be the end because you're always going but to have... But if it was, the, the, the... I would be okay with it. Yeah, it that's, what, that's what I was going to say. It, it's passable as an ending, and if this were to be the last time we would see Ygritte, you'd kind yeah. of go, well, you know what? No, she... It ended. It's not, it's not been left open. It's not been left hanging like so many other fucking threads in this show, and like so many more will be over the next five seasons or four seasons, whatever it is. So, yeah, it, it's it's a nice it's a nice scene, and it does what it's supposed to do. And it has weight... And actually, moving forward, it will carry weight for a while, more so, unfortunately, unfortunately, than the actual ending of this storyline will. Yeah. Which is a real fucking piss take. Um, not the ending, but but how much it's thrown away, as usual. Yes, as, as um, always, yeah. But yeah, for now, this, you know, these two characters have encountered each other and they have grown. Uh, knowing each other has changed them. They have grown as people. Yeah. Uh, and that's what should happen over the course fucking of storytelling. a pure story. Um, <laughs> so hats off to everyone involved for that storyline. Like, best thing yet. Um, so then we're back with Sam uh, and his justification to the maester yeah. for bringing in Gilly is just excellent stuff. Like, he gets to be a hero here. He got to be a hero yeah. a couple of weeks ago with the dragon glass, and he gets to do it again here. He gets to give a hero speech as to why they need to defend her, why she deserves a place in the Night's Watch. Yeah. Just really man up. Um, and it's good. It's good to see that side of Sam. It's good. He's been such a wet blanket for the first sort of three years or so. Well, yeah, that's it. And I mean, we've, we've had moments with him. We've had glimpses of what he could be, but then they kind of remember that he's supposed to be the, the fat friend, the comic foil. Yeah. And they kind of, oh, yeah, we can't have him do anything too serious because he's the fucking idiot. Yeah. He's the one we all laugh at because he's fat and he's useless, which being a fat, useless twat, I find offensive. Um, but it's that, you know, that's where, that's what that character is for. He's the comic relief. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, as you say, he gets this hero moment. And he will, from here, he will go on to grow and his character will become more and more important. It will. And will be more and more useful. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a really important moment for him. And finally, on behalf of fat, useless bastards everywhere, I fucking cheered. Yeah, and, and I, yeah, I, I got a real ear punch moment from this scene as well. And, and the reason is not just, you know, for cheering for fat, useless bastards. Um, it's that, once more, this is a storyline that has played out over the course of the season. Yeah. Sam getting to know Gilly and protecting her and he's kind of taking it as his charge to protect her and shepherd her to safety and now he gets to do it and accomplish that and of course this story will be ongoing but again for the purpose of this season if you were to leave it here yeah. Sam has accomplished what he set out to do yeah he's, he's got, he got them back to Castle got Black her where to he Castle can Black. she's relatively safe we think yeah. for now for now so another end to another chapter of a story we're actually wrapping things up and putting bows on them. Can I just ask, are we have we watched the right fucking show this week? I know, right? <laughs> I 
this this episode really fucking crept up from behind. Oh, it, it really threw me. Um, it really threw I, me. It's like I, a it fucking really chair shot. It really did feel like a different show. Um, nothing wrong with that at all, and it had the desired effect on me. Yeah, definitely. Like, like I said, it was it was heroic. Um, and then even fucking better. And how the hell I forgot this happened, and how the hell I didn't see it coming in the first place when I watched the show because I didn't. Um. The Onion Knight has spent all fucking season learning to read in a seemingly pointless storyline that was just adding flavour to his character. Yeah. Which would have been fine as just something for him to do as a B story to add flavour yeah. to his character. But no, let's pay it the fuck off right well, yeah, here. That's right. And they do. And so again, his story has been valid for the whole season because he receives the scroll from the Night's Watch. And this scene, again... Just like with the execution of the of the Red Wedding and how well that scene was shot, this is also paced and shot perfectly. It starts yeah. nice and light with a scene between him and the little girl, and they're joking around, and he's reading letters, and yeah. we've just seen that the Night's Watch scrolls are being sent, and we've seen it on the desk. We know it's there, and it's hanging over the scene. like It's, it's Chekhov's gun. We know it's there. We know he has to open it. Yeah, but then when he does, it's done so casually and then allowed to sink in. Yeah, just excellent, an excellent, excellent scene, an excellent storytelling to pay it off right here and now, when it feels like his character's about to get shafted. Yeah. Actually, no, he's got a magic bullet now, and he's worked for it all season. Yeah, great, great, and and like I say, nice bill from this, just really sweet humor to see in that scroll, and then the bells start tolling just really really good stuff really good um so i like that um we get some more subtext when we get we start getting conversations about um about aegon he had a smaller fleet three yeah. dragons is what they say he had a smaller fleet and then they respond with yes but he had three dragons um yeah. again subtext that's text but it's there. It's it's yeah. there if you want it. Like the comparison can be drawn to Danny, and again can be drawn right here and right now. Yes. Three seasons in, like she is a Targaryen. Let's yeah. not forget that she is a crazy motherfucking Targaryen with dragons. Yeah, and then we will get to I mean, when we get to the her scene at the end of the episode as well. There's there's a line in there which kind of again sums it up. She where well, she knows what she is. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, and I yeah I call that out when it comes as well. Um, now I said about a shot that I would call reference to later on when I said about the beautiful deep focus with the wolf. Yeah, and then in comparison, we get this fucking horrendous shot of Stannis with the Red Lady on the left side of him yeah. and the Onion Knight on the right side of him, and it's almost like they're trying to convey. Well, it's not almost; they are. <laughs> blatantly trying to convey a devil and an angel on his shoulder yeah come on guys like you've done so much good work this episode let's not throw it away with first year film school again now let's not go backwards <laughs> yeah i appreciate the attempt at mise-en-scene at least i, I appreciate that we're going to put all of this in the frame and and let the viewer read into it what they want okay guys we get it we've all been to fucking film school like, well, not all of us have, but, you know, everybody's seen enough films. Yeah. We get it. Like, <laughs> really? Like, you, you you, did it. You accomplished it in the scene. The scene was good. The scene between the three of them was as good as a scene between the three of them can possibly be. Yeah. 
Why do you have to go and fuck it all up? Because it's the Wonder Twins. Yeah. Uh, yeah fucking wank. Absolute wank. Um, <laughs> we get Gendry's escape, which we build to nicely, and it's yep. building his story, and I like all of that. It just fucking annoys me that I know it's going nowhere. Um, but yeah. it's great. Again, the scene is great, and and they're very funny. Again, they have a very good relationship. Yeah. These two, you know. He says, "Have you ever been in a boat before? No. Do you know how to row a boat? No. Do you know how yeah. to swim? No. Don't Stay in out. the boat. <laughs> yeah. And and even before that, like you get the way he opens the cell door. He's like, is this a trick? Yes, but not on you. And our automatic thought is going to be, well, he's he's springing him, and we've seen somebody get sprung before and get betrayed. So yeah. in the back of our mind, we're thinking, right, what the fuck has gone on here? Even though we know it's Davos and Davos is an honourable character and all the rest of it, in the back of your mind, you've always got, right, what's he up to? There's got to be an ulterior motive for this. And it turns out he's just you know, fucking over the Red Woman, which is fine. Um, but, yeah, it's one of the... You, 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 even though you, you've seen him and you've, you've spent you know, the last two seasons with him now, you still don't fucking trust him because you no. don't trust anybody in this show. That's how this show has gone. Um, so I liked it. And I say that you're into the exchange between them where he sits in the boat the wrong way and all this sort of stuff. And he said, no, don't drink seawater and all the rest of it. And yeah, it's just a really nicely handled scene. It's and it's really funny. Again, it's nice and light. It's nice and you know the pacing is, is good. And yeah, it's just you know it's one of those where unfortunately there's not enough of it. There's not, um, but it, it's good. What it, it gives us everything we need. And again, rounding out story arcs, um, Davos for the last two seasons has had this constant tug of war with the Red Lady. Yeah. that's now ended ended in the last scene they they've had to find a common ground because his story has led him to discover that they've got a common goal so that's good yeah. he's achieved that and what we're now allowed is his particular set of skills obviously besides now being able to read is that he's a smuggler yeah and way back when at the start of season two i believe it was we have this scene almost identical where he's smuggling the red lady out and into Renly's camp. Yes. And now we go through his entire journey and we get to round it off with him doing the right honourable thing to get yeah. back at her, which is smuggle Smuggling her child out yeah. to get back at her. So he's grown as a character. He's broken away from this, this hole that Stannis and the Red Lady seem to have. He's out on his own. He knows what he needs to accomplish. And again, just like Sam, he's heroing up. And yeah. we get to go, yes, go on, get him out there. He's done everything that he can do to be a hero. Good stuff. Another story taking a giant stride forward, closing one chapter and opening another one. This is what season finale should do. Yeah. Um, we get the scene with Jamie and Cersei, which is relatively brief, but beautifully done. His yeah. soft focus entrance behind her, not saying a word, just walking in, looking sorry for himself with his... Stump. Tiny little flid hand, um, <laughs> or or not hand, as it as it were. Um, his little Jeremy Beadle. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was probably a bit too far, wasn't it? I, know, uh, I did that a couple of weeks ago, didn't I? You probably did. my fault. You did. Uh, you probably put the thought in my head. Um, yeah, just just beautifully done, yeah. beautifully done. Uh, and and again, yeah, nothing runs really off a, runs off a chapter. Nothing really needs to be said between them. They're their looks and their performance play it all off and it yeah rounds off a chapter for jamie he's yeah home. And you get it as well where so i mean it's there's this, this it's two it's two scenes that no in one isn't it you get they come through the gates of king's land in him Kyburn and um, brienne mm -hmm. 
Again, Joe Trader doesn't realise who he is and not. not that's a nice away. moment as well. Yeah. That's a very well, nice moment. This, no, this should be his big triumphant homecoming. Yeah. He's no, he's home after all he's been through. He's home, and some fucking street street trader doesn't know who he is and tells him to fuck off out of the way because he's working. Yeah, um, and that again, that was lovely. There's a a, a, a look between him and Brienne where she, you know, she, again, she's she's not feeling sorry for him at this point, but she kind of knows what that's going to do to him. Yeah. She knows how he's going to feel about that, and then. That's it. No, and they go their separate ways. And as I say he he goes then up to up to Cersei, and you know, we have that scene. And then when he finally calls her name, and they they have their reunion. So it's again it's lovely, and it rounds out this whole thing that he's been on from. I think it was in season one, wasn't it, when he got captured? Um, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've had that, and we've had this whole thing whereby he was captured. He's been in the camp. He's escaped. He's, they've got him back. He, they've ta- they've taken him out rather than him escaping. He's been mutilated. He's been on this. You no, know, this metaphorical journey whereby you know, all of a sudden he can't be the person he um, he can't be the Kingslayer now because he's renowned as a sword and all this sort of crap. We've had all of this with him and now all of a sudden we're at a natural point where that chapter closes and they can start again. And though we talked last week um about how George R. R. Martin had in mind three trilogies when he wrote um when he sort of started to start the books and the first three books were going to be the first no, was going to be the, the part one of the trilogy. So no three three threes. And this this does feel like things are being rounded out for the end of that uh, for the end yeah, of the, oh, those yes. chapters, this, this it works really well. Feels like we're drawing to a close. Yeah, and this is yeah. like the end of a end of a volume, as opposed to the end of end of one book. And it's it's really no, it's it's coming into its own in a way I really didn't expect. No, it, it really is. It's taking a massive step forward this week. Yeah, it definitely. really is. Um, and then we round the episode out, unfortunately, by taking you know we've had two steps forward, so we're going to take about ten steps back now. Well, yeah. Um, in the next scene, we spend some more time with Melisandre again. And she literally tells us that the War of the Five Kings means nothing. Yeah. The actual word she speaks, they, this War of Five Kings means nothing. She so what actually, the fuck have we done for the last three seasons then? Yep. I totally agree with her. And we have said it for the last three seasons. <laughs> the real war is north of the wall. That's the one we're all interested in. Yeah, that's the so, fucking story. If the War of the Five Kings means nothing, why the fuck have we spent so much time on it? But why the fuck are we still going to spend time on it next season? And why the fuck don't we see more White Walkers? Well, yeah. I just, yeah. At least they've been talked about this week. Yeah. So, yeah, we get told the War of the Five Kings means nothing. Okay, fucking great. Um, Yeah, I've just wasted three fucking seasons. Yeah, and and I'll have more to say about that in in a short time as well. But then inevitably of course we have to go and spend some time with fucking danny um yeah now look here we go right danny's dialogue here perhaps they didn't want to be conquered well oh. no fucking shit yeah. who fucking wants to be conquered who wants... but then they try and justify it to her oh no you liberated yeah. them yeah again is it, this, this call is it what it fucking yeah. is she and conquered again, them if, if ever there's an angel and devil on shoulders moment this is it yes Call it what it is. I don't have a problem with Danny's character. I actually like her quite a lot. I just hate the fact that they try and make her out to be this fucking holier-than-thou messiah figure that's going around uniting the slaves. Like, no, she is a fucking warlord. Yeah. That's what she fucking is. Even even her her speech to them as it is, you know, um, even that alludes to it when... um, um, Missandei says, "No, she, she, your, her, her, your freedom. No, you don't owe me your freedom. Your freedom is yours." Yeah. The the undertone being, yeah, but I fucking gave it to you. 
you're I'm the reason you have it. Yeah. And then, of course, they all start chanting Misa, Misa, yeah. Misa, which is where we get our title. And it sounds like a herd of fucking Jar Jar Binks. Just screaming a name. And then, of course, all the poor black slaves, all the brown people, oh. suddenly lift up the nice, wholesome, pretty white lady who well, saved you, them. I tell you what, the very last fucking shot, actually, and I'm assuming it's played for, but the the last shot where, you know, you get the aerial shot, and you know, the aerial camera goes up and you get the dragons flying towards you. You can, be, you know, because she's, you know, she's the, uh, the white saviour, you can still see her when you're that fucking high up. But the dragons are flying past you. you it's literally like they, you know, it's literally they've gone, it's a black and white picture and we've thrown a fucking red dot in the middle of it. It's horrible. It's fucking terrible that they all feel the need to lift the nice pretty white lady who's been very friendly to them and lift her up above yeah. them. The last time, the time I picked up a pretty white lady, I got arrested. <laughs> it's far it's horrible. It's and I said last week it's Danny's Jesus moment. It's and it it really fucks me off. It's and, and it is a Jesus moment. Yeah, it's definitely played for like that. And I I called that out not not two minutes ago. I said she's like some holier than thou Messiah yeah. figure. You know, it's it's definitely played for you. But as cringeworthy as this scene is, mm. it's made all the worse because again we're going on about how she's they're going to join her army and she's going to get her fucking kingdom back. Yet. Not five minutes ago in this very episode, we yep. have just literally been told that none of this matters. Yeah, none of, none, none of the throne and the politics matter. Why the fuck should we give half a shit about Danny and her story? Yeah, because it means nothing. She has nothing to do with the White Walkers whatsoever. Nothing. Well, I don't know, she's pretty useful to them later on. Yeah, later on. But at this point... No, she's useful to the White Walkers is what I mean. She gives them a really good fucking weapon. Yes, I know. But but that's about the only time her story intersects with them, is what I'm saying. Other yeah. than that, she's on a single track fucking story to get the throne. That's what she wants to do. She didn't yeah. give a shit about the White Walkers coming down. So this story literally does not matter. We have just been told that. So stop wasting fucking time on it. Yes, the dragons are cool. But give them to someone fucking else or get yeah. her involved. Like, oh, it just winds me up. Winds yeah. me up. I, I think that is what winds me up so much about her character is the squandered potential there. Yeah. And again, but, I mean, this, this, um, I can't remember the, the last scene, the last shot of season two. But you no, know, again, it's, we're finishing season three where we finish season one with the dragons, with the dragons and Danny being all fucking powerful. Yep. Oh, she, they just continue to do that, don't they? They continually end with her getting more and more and more powerful. And I understand the thinking behind that, but it's just not fucking important, is it? No, it's not. Absolutely not. And it, it so, is really, it's really, really fucking annoying, actually. And yeah, like I said, you know, a few steps forward, multiple steps back. But yeah. all in all, what a fucking episode. Well, this that is aside, it. Opening and closing aside, what a fucking episode that was. The, the theme that they play with of family and highborns and lowborns basically sums up the last three seasons of the show yeah. and wraps everything up and puts a bow on it. And they do that with just about every character's story, yeah. save for one or two missteps by saying, you know, Yara off on a new mission. But even that plays into the, the wider theme of the episode. Yeah. So I'm fine with it. Um, this is without a doubt the most accomplished finale that they've had. 
Oh, definitely. I mean, this is the this is the first finale we've had. So this is the third uh, the third third we've had now. This is the first time I've not wanted to gouge my eyes out about halfway through the episode, because I actually wanted to carry on with this. I was like, oh, right, okay. Well, where's where's season four? Well, I've got yeah. that. I can go put that in. I was fucking pumped for this right up until we saw Danny. Yeah, at which so point was like, I remember what was coming. But even, even that, that, even that, you know this is coming. Yeah, but but the rest of the stuff was so good. I mean, yeah. in fact. You know, bearing in mind how hard we've been on this season for the first, it's only really in the last month, the last three or four episodes, where they've, yeah, last three weeks, where they've turned the corner. Yeah. The first kind of six episodes, six, seven episodes were a slog. And we yeah. constantly said there was a lot, but you know, some, some few highs in the middle with, with John and Egret and stuff, but they, they were a slog. To, to get to here and all of a sudden for all of that slog that we've been through to mean something or for most of it to mean something yeah. anyway, I'm just, they, they got me, you know, if I, I'd argue that following this episode now, which ties everything up, this is easily the most structured, the most well-rounded, the most complete and well-told season Yes, that they've had. They have really pulled this out of the bag. It's gone from being an absolute fucking dirge of a season mm. to my favourite in the space of three episodes. I mean, I I didn't remember this season being as much of a slog as it is, or as it has been this time, but I remember there being a lot of things where I've gone, oh, fuck yeah, this this is this season. Um, and that's kind of shown, and I think it was probably week five or week six where we were really fucking yeah. nagging on it. I mean... We were no. I mean, I, I at that point I was like, "Fuck this!" If, if it wasn't the fact we had, no, we knew we had to get through it. I'd be on, "Oh, fuck this! I'm out. I don't care anymore." Yeah. Um, and the last, I say, two three weeks have really turned that around for me. Um, but I remember this being a season that I, no, I just wasn't that fucking bothered by. Um, whereas there were elements in the first, there were elements in the second where I thought, "Oh, fuck yeah, okay, I, I can I can get on board with that." And going forward, I think because we've wrapped up a lot of stuff now, and there's we can start new things. Next season, I don't remember whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, but it's shiny and new at the moment because I can't remember what the fuck happens in it, apart from I key moments. One thing that happens next season. I, I can remember key moments, but I can't remember like, the fucking ins and outs of the uh, you know, the ins and outs of every episode. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to that now. And this ep- these last two episodes have really done that for me because all of a sudden I fucking I've enjoyed this show again. And that we've we've always said that yes, we're harsh, but we've come at this from a place of love. We you know we're fans of the show. We wanted to do this now. We watched the show, and as far as we were concerned, it sort of unraveled as it went along. So to go back and to, you know, to pick at it from from day one, and we have found threads that are going to carry through that no, are going to fuck us off. But by yeah. and large, we are still fans of the show. By the middle of this season, I I was thinking, why the fuck did I ever carry on with this? And, yeah, me too. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, okay, well, I want I want to go into season four now. I want to see where this is going um, because we've had. A, no, two very good episodes, but this episode feels like a season ender, with the exception of one or two scenes. It feels like they've done everything they need to do to wrap things up, and people have got to a point they deserve to be at. And that's not something I thought we were going to see four weeks ago. No, nor did I. It It is miraculous to me how they have pulled it out of the bag. Oh, they've and, turned and it around incredibly. Pulled it out of the bag so spectacularly, and credit where it's due, we rag on them a lot and we're pretty nasty sometimes as well no. towards towards the Wonder Twins. But credit where it's fucking due. Like, they pulled this out of the bag. Hats off to them. Because, yeah, this season was on a fucking hide into nowhere a month ago. 
Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, like, yeah, legitimately, it's not the season that's got these standout moments, you know, like like Blackwater was in season two. Yeah, it's got the Red Wedding. It's got the Red Wedding, yeah, I guess. But, you know, in terms of just how complete a story it is, and and that's always what I'm after. Like, if I was to pick one season off the shelf out of the three that we've watched so far now and rewatch it again, as much as I hated those opening episodes, it would be this one because I know that it's going to wrap up properly and it's all worth it in the end to yeah. the point where I'm now even thinking about what were we ragging on, you know, nine weeks ago that has actually come to pass now. Yeah. So more fool us, we should have shut our stupid fat mouths. But this um, is the internet. Nobody shuts us fat, stupid mouth on the internet. That's what it's for. No. So fair play, like round of applause to everyone involved. Like absolutely pull it out of the bag. I, I ended up enjoying this episode immensely, which yeah. has meant that I feel a lot more satisfied with this season. And yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to starting a new season afresh with new storylines, some some new characters, um, and some of the more annoying stuff in the show begins from here on out as well. Yeah. Um, so no, we won't go into that now. We'll we'll save that for next that's, season. That's for another time. Let's let's see where it takes us. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's pretty much sums up the, the episode and the, se- the season, really. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm happier now than I have been all, all year, uh, all season. So, I mean, that's that's a good sign. Um, this may be the cabin fever, though, because I've been fucking stuck inside for three weeks. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm, I'm excited about moving forward, which I didn't think I would be. Um, as always, we'd love to hear anyone's thoughts on that. Um, if you think we've got it wrong, if you think it's always been amazing, uh, if you think that this this episode was a pile of wank, let us know. Get in touch. Um, the usual channels uh, on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. Uh, you can get in touch via our website ddpodcast.net on Facebook with the Double Down Podcast Network. But yeah, get in touch. Tell us what you think. Um, and if you're excited for season four as well, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Um, we'll be uh, a couple of weeks off just to recharge our batteries, get over the coronavirus, and uh, and see where we end up. But we'll be back uh, end of April, beginning of May with uh, with season four. But until next time, game over. <laughs>